turn my headphone down a little bit. Yeah. 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 sucker down what is good that was 21 savage with a lot that is the single off of i am greater than i was a new album we will get into that scenario going on in his life a little bit later i just gotta say fuck ice off the top it is your boy Mario Caballero in the building. Follow me on the, the Instagram, the Twitters, at Puro Caballero, aka Dizudid Zapata, Tree Trevino, the Asthmatic Aztec, Podcast Game Eddie Najera, DeAndre Dropkins, what's good? How are ya? And the place to be once again. Got another episode here of the Puro Caballero Show. This is numero 46, number 46. Moving on up. We're going to hit that 50 milestone sometime, probably in March, maybe in April. We'll see. We shall see if there's enough shit to talk about in between. Um, yeah, a lot is going on, and we'll get into all that. In a bag of chips, momentarily. And, yeah, I mean, first off, the biggest of all games was the biggest of all letdowns, to be honest with you. Super Bowl 53. Pass ended up winning that shit 13-3. Damn, it's kind of boring for you and me. I did not mean to rhyme, but it, I was on time. So why line? Ba-ba-boom, doing it line by line. What's up? Um, but yeah, man, that was uh, quite a boring game. I really thought it was going to be uh, dictated by the morning games between the two teams, and Gurley wasn't right in, for whatever reason, or they weren't using him. It was one of two options, pretty much. There for Jared Goff, didn't know what the fuck was going on. The Pats were mostly a man team, and they dropped into zone almost the whole game. Uh, up until the last moment when Goff had a chance to tie it in the fourth quarter. And they came on a blitz and zero coverage, and he couldn't get it out, and he threw the pick. And he couldn't get uh, a good throw out there on time out to Brandon Cooks, and he threw kind of a duck. Yeah, man, it was pretty, pretty disappointing, if y'all ask me. 
not uh, the best performance by both teams, really. The Pats didn't, like, put it on them. They just, like, did enough to win. It was one of those victories. Yeah. A lot of the rivals kind of know the feeling of that sadness, that defeat, all that in a bag of chips. So it's, uh, I don't know why I said that twice already in the podcast. If uh, you put uh, money on that prop bet, congratulations. You uh, probably want some money. Yeah, some funny prop bets. I think the one that was the best one is uh, some dude put $10 on the Rams only scoring three points in uh, the whole game. Which was uh, crazy, ridiculous odds. Because a lot of people thought it might be a shootout, or at least like in the twenties. No siree, Bob. That dude won like seven hundred fifty thousand or some shit, seventy five thousand, seventy five thousand, or something like that. That sounds better. Yeah, it was some ridiculous amount of money. It was crazy. Crazy. A lot of people bet the under and won some money. All that. Man, yeah, a lot of Super Bowls win on the unders because a lot of these teams, they're kind of nervous. They have a feeling out process, haven't played in two weeks. So they're all amped up for it. It's all in the marbles. People make mistakes and stuff. There's like turnovers. There's always a bunch of turnovers that you don't really expect that happen in the game, which leads to some crazy plays. And that golf turnover, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, Gurley just wasn't running. C.J. Anderson was just C.J. Anderson. He wasn't going off. And when they were able to dictate that, golf just couldn't put uh, use play action effectively. A couple times they, they tried to run it, and they or they tried to run play action, and they got pressure still. So Patriots were really well prepared for a lot of that stuff, which is not surprising at all. And they're uh, thus forth after Brian Flores got hired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. So shout out to Tate, your squad. Mm, you know, maybe one uh, has one good one from the coaching tree, but who knows? Because <laughs> he's a defensive play caller. Wasn't even titled the, the defensive coordinator, technically speaking, which is weird. But it's just a title, so, you know, effectively you're doing the same thing. Uh, I don't really know much else to say. Every time Brandon Cooks got the ball, I'm just yelling out, Stockton, Stockton, Stockton. <laughs> Freaking watching it over at Frank's place. Thank you for having me, being a lovely host, uh, having us. But yeah, the game was really disappointing. We can talk about, like, Maroon 5 and shit at halftime, I guess. That shit was like uh, really whatever. And some Room Five songs, I don't even, I don't even mind some of their old stuff, but uh, I wouldn't be itching to see them in concert per se. I actually saw uh, Adam Levine, Adam Levine, whatever the fuck, Levine. Uh, I've met him, not met him, but he came to my work before. Uh, yeah, I used to work at um, Sahana Corporate Office here in LA, and his uh, band had a, obviously Maroon Five was sponsored. I think that year, 
uh, by them. So, yeah, they just came and said, what's up? It's like him and one other man, a uh, member of the group, one other man. What do you mean? Another man. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl 53. Oh, yeah, Travis Scott came out. They used SpongeBob for like 10 seconds. Not even. And then, uh, yeah, he, uh, he said, I'm not a true word. And they bleeped out like freaking 10 seconds, 20 seconds of his performance, which was like about half of it. Because <laughs> he came in, went out, dipped, and then big boy came out and i thought for a second they were gonna play kryptonite up in the super bowl halftime show ostensibly a song about smoking some purple and i was getting juice because that shit was a fucking slapper back in the day oh my god i remember that shit in middle school that shit was fucking one of my favorites i was like i i i i be on that i be on that <laughs> straight up pimp if you want it you can find me in the earth <laughs> Crit nah. I'm on that crit tech nah. That shit was dope. That shit was fucking dope. That was my shit. Uh so yeah. But nah, they played it for like same thing, five seconds or whatever. Came out in the Cadillac and then played uh I like the way you move with Sleepy. And uh Yeah, and they just kinda finished it. And then what's his name? Moon 5 came back on. I don't believe he just kept taking off another article of clothing until he got shirtless at the end, just for no reason, to show off his tats. This is full, so just like sleeved out. So, like, love to do that stuff. <laughs> I love to do that shit. It's like, that's completely unnecessary. What What is the purpose for this? Beyonce had, like, three wardrobe changes, I feel like. <laughs> Crazy. Alrighty. Yeah, Super Bowl wasn't that good. And, and also, fuck the Pats, too. That was so disappointing. I got six. Put up six championships, man. Everyone talking about Brady. He's now the GOAT. And yeah, man. Most accomplished, I'll definitely say. One of the smartest, for sure. Always, uh, yeah. I think. He one of his greatest attributes is his feel in the pocket because he's so hard to sack and he's so slow, so damn immobile, but he's just like elusive kind of, just in that small space area and he's always able to reset himself and he's worked on his delivery, like pretty much since he came into the NFL and he keeps working on it which is like a testament to it because there was a a moment, probably like nine to 10 years ago where he was going through a little bit of a slump and he wasn't throwing the deep balls very accurately. I can't remember if this was before Randy or during or after Randy Moss. But, uh, yeah, he, like, went into the offseason and, like, completely broke down his film of his throwing motion. He found he had a little bit of a hitch in it, too. And uh, so he started holding the ball a little bit higher under his chin which uh, led to a quicker release, and he was able to get used to that and then just kept working on it, tinkering it, which is, like, uh, commendable, man. That's just uh, just working on your craft, and not not everybody who has already been so accomplished is humble enough to do that. So I'll give him that credit, for sure, for sure. Just plays for the evil empire in my mind. It's like, 
another one of those franchises where it's just like, damn, it's ridiculous. Especially, I feel extra jaded about it as a, a Raider fan. I'm wearing a shirt right now, man. That shit was fucking disappointing. Disappointing. Uh, how pretty much the dynasty started. You know, I feel like that shit was uh, built on illegitimate claims. You feel me? Craziness. Freaking crazy. Kind of like what's happening in Venezuela. <laughs> it's like crazy. Crazy shit. But, um, yeah, man. That shit wasn't uh, the greatest. And a lot of people weren't watching. I know the city of New Orleans had like the lowest viewership ever <laughs> of a Super Bowl. For good reason, man. That was some, uh, some grade A bull. What happened to them? I think it would have been a better matchup, too. Which would have been a better game. Which would have been cool. But I wanted the Rams to win, man. Couldn't do it. Couldn't fucking do it. Mostly wanted them to win because just the, the sentiment. And then the fact that I've used a bunch of the dudes on fantasy. Sentiment of them being a surprise team two years ago. And winning me a whole bunch of free... Um, Chicken wings from Wingstop. Yeah, buddy. That shows dope. <laughs> and just, just put those fucking suckers down. I think they're the boneless ones. The mango habanero. Woo. That was nice. And then the next year, they took that promotion away. <laughs> I think they had to score like 21 and then win the game. And... The first year they did the promotion, they did that once, <laughs> the whole season. Second year they did that promotion, they did it like, goddamn, like 10 times, I want to say. <laughs> it was like crazy, because they were putting up a bunch of points with McVay's first year. Um, yeah, living in L.A. too. All, uh, what, 10,000 of the people who actually care about the Rams, <laughs> it feels like. Yeah, they're a new team and all that. I get it. So they they don't have that like history. But this will help, I guess. Maybe just the season, just how good they've been recently. God, I'm watching these highlights right now on TNT. How the hell did the Lakers win this ball game? Get that shit, Al. Get that shit, Tatum. Fuck. Fucking Rondo hit a shot. Yeah, we'll get into NBA in a second, but yeah, staying on NFL topic, um, yeah, Hall of Fame list came out and has some very honorable players. <clears throat> I don't have any, uh, whatchamacallit, um, gripes about the people who made it, but I have gripes about the people who did, didn't made it. Let's see. Inductees, nope. Inductees. Mm-mm-mm. Here we go, finalist. No. It's not the finalist. It was the inductees. 
what I'm fucking looking for. Here we go. So it's Isaac Bruce. That dude was a beast. Beast-ass wide receiver for the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Wait, hold on. No, it's a finalist. That was a finalist. Inductees, what the fuck? Class of 2019. This is what I'm looking for. He didn't make it. That, that dude was a beast, though. Isaac Bruce. Uh, here's the class right here. Champ Bailey. Um, yeah, I was really didn't enjoy watching him because he played on the Broncos for a big chunk of his career, but that dude was shut down. Pat Bolin, owner of the said Broncos, RIP, but, you know, not my cup of tea of his squad, but it is what it is. Uh, Gil Brandt, I'm going to have to be educated on him. Tony Gonzalez. You know, pioneer for the Latino population and their, uh, for some people, their introduction into football and seeing him dominate was fun, was cool, was crazy. I wouldn't say fun also because he was a chief, but that dude was a beast. He was a baller and he did work. Former basketball player at Cal also. Dad always talked about how he was just a, a monster at getting rebounds. And I could see it, man. He had that athleticism and the, the, that uh, knack for the ball and just, like, that uh, that will to go get it. He was problems, man. He was freaking problems. He gave me nightmares. Antonio Gates gave me nightmares. The Danny Thomason gave me nightmares um, in the division with those matchups because there was just no answer. No answer for them. It was just... I. I Vividly, remember going to bed just like, how do you just like trying to figure out ways to stop it, and you just coming up with no answers. So that was uh, one of the inductees, and we got Ty Law, cornerback with uh, the Pats, won some Super Bowls, a couple of early ones with uh, New England. That dude was also a shutdown corner, man, crazy. Damn it, LMU lost by two. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, man. Let's see. Uh, Ty Law. Yeah, wants the Super Bowls. Solid. Corner as well. Kevin Mawat was a beast-ass. Uh, uh, he played center. He was uh, really, really good. I remember seeing him play on the Jets for a long time. Ed Reed was that dude. He was a motherfucker. Holy shit. That dude. Anytime he, he seemed like he touched the ball, some electric was happening. He'd get those fumbles. He would get those uh, hit stick knockouts. He would get those uh, interceptions that he would run back. He was he was a total package as a safety. He was, he was like prototypical of what you wanted. Best at his position. Absolutely unreal. Unreal. And Johnny Robinson, I'm going to have to be educated on him too. But the big dude who didn't make it, who was really, just really irks me. Just really, just, just irks me the fact that he hasn't been uh, elected. And put in this year. And that's Tom Flores. 
man whose picture I have hanging above me right now, as I'm looking at it right now. How the hell does this guy not in the Hall of Fame? I feel like I've put down his credentials and his bona fides a million times on this show already. But seriously, though, what in the fuck? First minority head coach to win a Super Bowl. Did it twice in two different cities. He won as an assistant coach as well. He won AFL champions championships as a player, as a quarterback. I was like uh, one of the first Latino quarterbacks. I think Joe Knapp technically was the first. But uh, dude did his thing, man. University of Pacific grad. Stockton, what's up? Um, yeah, and just won two championships with the Raiders. Was the first Latino general manager in the NFL, too, because he was a head coach and GM with the Seahawks after he moved on from the Raiders. And people don't give him as much credit, you know, in that uh, ecosystem with the Al Davis-led, you know, franchise. It's it's different than it is with anybody else, and nobody did it better. He has the most wins in the franchise history, um, more than John Madden. He's got one more Super Bowl than Madden, so it's, and Madden's the dude. He's in there for multiple reasons, but I mean... This dude floors. He just needs to. They just need to put him in, man. And it was uh, disappointing. He was one of the fifteen finalists, and I really thought he had a chance, man. It's one of those things where he's getting old and he's getting up there in age, and he's no longer part of the broadcast anymore. And uh, yeah, you just want him to be able to enjoy it while he's there. Cause they put Kenny Stabler in after he died, and that was uh, that was unfortunate, man. He didn't get to smell his flowers, or yeah, was well, however the expression goes. Mm. It's unfortunate, man. He's got to get in. Hell of a coach. And, uh, yeah. Well, those Raiders who deserves it. Back in the day. So they had some dynasty, um, like, type run. In, uh, a couple different decades. Nonetheless, we move on. We'll go back onto the hardwood. It's, uh, today is, uh, February the 7th. Oh, I didn't even say it from the top, man. I'm fucking up. What's going on? Uh, what is going on? Yeah, today is the tread deadline. That's what happened. And my Sacramento Kings are were a buyer for the first time. I think I did the math. Put it on Twitter. Since 2006, dude. 2006. If I was in eighth grade, did the math there. Correct. Um... Yeah, eighth grade. Exactly eighth grade. And I gotta tell you, man, I'm really conflicted on what they they did because I kind of had a feeling that this might happen. 
as they would move on from Iman Shumpert, and that's what they did. That dude was kind of a, a interesting character to fit in there. He's, he went on a bit of a cold streak offensively the last month or so, and I think that's what did him in. Because he was uh, playing well the first two months, um, two, three months or so. And then just recently, he's been in a funk. Hasn't been able to hit jumpers. And then when he can't hit the outside shot, he's not a, a big driver anymore as much as he used to be. And it's uh, it was hurting the offense at times. When you had him and you had Bielitsa not making shots outside, it's just like, what's your contribution at this point? Because, um, I mean, Shashamp, he, he at least brings it on defense and hustles. And he helped give the team some identity, man. And he was a good dude, and he you know, played admirably this year. Because when they traded for him, they basically shut him down. He didn't really, even really play you know, last season. So, yeah, man, I mean, we'll see what happens. He got traded in a three-team deal there. Um, he will end up in Houston. And in return, Kings got Alec Burks from Cleveland. Houston also got somebody else from Cleveland. Let me pull this shit up. I'll go over all the trades with y'all in a jiffy. Let's read this shit. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Kings ended up making three trades here, which was, uh, yeah. It's like, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Let's see. What was it? So the Rockets got Iman Shumpert. They got Wade Bolden, and they got Nick Stauskas in a second-round pick. Cavs got Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris. First-rounder from Houston, 2019. Second-rounder from Houston, 2022. Kings got a 2020 second-rounder from Houston. And Alec Burks. So, yeah, they gave up Shump, basically, for Burks. And Shump's going to be on the Rockets. Stauskas and Baldwin, they moved on. They uh, they got moved for the third time, I think, <laughs> in, in a day. It's crazy. They got moved to the Pacers with the second rounder. For the draft rights to Marty Lunin. No idea who that is. Um, it's just draft rights, and he's probably your old guy. So yeah, those guys got moved around, but uh, in a vacuum, that switch, you're like, Burks gives you different things, some things that you might not necessarily need out of your starting two guard. Off the bench, though, not bad. He's a shooter. I think dudes can put up some points. So, you can always use those guys when uh, you need them to kind of get things going. But the big kit and caboodle for uh, the trade deadline that they did was uh, acquiring Harrison Barnes for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. So, it's kind of sad to see Justin Jackson go because he really did 
bring um, some energy when he came in and was generally a good dude and also was uh, somebody who definitely worked on his game, worked on his craft, and improved every year, at least that I've seen him play. Because I remember he was a freshman at North Carolina. He kind of played like a mess at times. Progressively got better and better. By senior year, he was like the team leader and helped lead them to championship, I believe, as uh, how he capped off his college career. Came to Sacramento. First year looked like a mess. Beginning of this year looked like a mess a bit, too. He was unplayable at times. And then you see him work on his game, hit that floater, hit the corner threes and the three-pointers at the top of the key. A little more consistency, and then became a real player. Put into that effort on uh, the defensive end, and did what he needed to to keep getting better. So he was uh, doing his thing at the end of it. But we'll see what happens to him. They moved to the Mavericks, obviously. So that's. Uh, the end of that tale. And then they made a, a little small deal to getting, uh, what's his name? Scout LeBissier going to the Trailblazers, Caleb Swanigan coming to Sacramento. So just a backup power forward for a backup power forward, pretty much. And, uh, Scout, yeah, I thought Scout might have some promise too. Another Kentucky guy and, uh, another young big. But once they got Harry Giles, once they got Marvin Bagley moving and grooving and it, it felt like he was odd man out in that situation and that's what I kind of figured it was going to happen in the beginning of the season because it was a um, stacked front court there but uh, with Willie Colley Stein starting as well too and uh, they were playing Costa ahead of him at the beginning of the season and at that point I knew it was uh, not going to be good for him Costa hasn't been playing as much recently, and they've been letting Bagley run, and I've been so excited because he just keeps getting better and better and better, which is good. they grooming him and grooving him along nicely, I think. I think Jaeger doesn't deserve enough credit or hasn't or deserves more credit, hasn't been given enough credit, excuse me, uh, for developing the young dudes, man, because he, he did a good – uh, bang up job bringing De'Aaron Fox along, even though a lot of people were, you know, had similar gripes about last season. But by the end of last season, he was bringing it, and then into this year, he's still on that upward trajectory. Even from the beginning of the season, he's gotten more consistent with the jumper. He's uh, been able to run the offense a lot smoother. He knows where to get the ball to people who um, know where to operate. Primarily, he's found Buddy, like, buckets everywhere, man. Because he's, he's got, like, a, I think 30% of his assists go to Buddy Hill. So, there you go. There you go. So, he's brought those dudes along. That's another dude who's gotten better under him, too, in the last few years. A lot of people thought he was going to be a bust. And we're really down on sack. We're banking him, banking him up. And I thought so, too. Or I thought there was a chance. But this dude is, is hitting his stride. And he's knocking out threes. And he made the fucking three-point contest. So that's who I'm rooting for. And I'm trying to get his jersey. Because that's going to be a dope one. 
he's the like the best shooter I've seen play in Sacramento since Page has been there. And that's saying something, man. Page was freak, freaking amazing. So awesome. Such a great shooter, man. That was it was he was fun as hell to watch, man. Fun as hell. So that's uh that's uh it's good seeing him uh come into that role. Bagley's gonna be in the, the Rising Stars along with De'Aaron Fox and Bogdan on the world team. Bogey won the MVP last year, so he's defending that. Uh and uh also participating in the skills competition is the aforementioned De'Aaron Fox. So that'll be another thing to watch there too next weekend when uh, the all-star festivities get around and going. So yeah, man, that's uh, the latest for Sacramento. They did lose yesterday pretty bad to um, Houston. But... As we'll talk about later, I think things have kind of cleared up for them in terms of a path towards making the playoffs. And I think it's it's not 100% in their hands, but it's damn near close. They uh, they have a lot of – they can control a lot, let's say that. It's just uh, – let's see. Yeah, lost last night. So right now, as it currently stands, they are – a full game behind the Clippers. They have the same amount of losses, but they have two less wins. So they're in the ninth seed. And the Lakers are in the tenth seed. What's up? They did win tonight, though. Unfortunately, as I said, freaking Rondo hit a jumper. So they're a half game back. Right up on the hills. Conceivably, both teams could make it. If... Uh, Utah goes on a cold streak or, you know, because Utah's only a game and a half above the Clippers, so it means that they're uh, two games back in the loss column in Sacramento. So Sac's 28-26, Lakers are 28-27, so Kings, I believe, play mañana, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, they play Miami at 7 o'clock, okay? They need to get that W. And then uh, I think they have a little, by the end of the month, it's like a tough stretch. And then I think the in March, schedule clears up quite a bit to close out the season. And then they have a few games in April against some teams that are playoff bound and some that aren't. So, yeah, there's some, uh, some challenges in there. I think they got to get to, uh, how many wins do they have? What does it say? 20, 28? It's going to take maybe 45 wins to get in, I think. So it's, uh, what's the math on that? 17 more wins. So they have played 50, 51, 54 games. Did the math on this earlier. Uh, it's 82, which means 80 minus 50 is 32. 28 games left. Yeah, they gotta go. They can't. They can't lose more than 10 times. I think they gotta go like 17 and nine, or are thereabouts to kind of guarantee them a spot and make sure nobody's free falling out of it. 
Because this shit's fucking tough, man. Golden State right now, number one, 38-15. Uh, Denver, number two, game and a half back, 37-17. and 17. OKC, surprisingly, really good this year, 35-19. and 19. They're the three seed. Portland right now, 32-21. and 21. They're nearly over Houston, who's at 32-22. and 22. And then San Antonio's right there at 32-24. and 24. Utah, 31-24. and 24. Clippers at 30-26. and 26. However, as I mentioned before, the Clippers did make a trade, not one that you would project as being a positive in the short term for them. So it seemed like they kind of, you know, pulled back on the reins a bit, as you could say. So they uh, they traded Tobias Harris and Boban Marjanovic to Philadelphia for uh, and uh for who they get oh they they threw in Mike Scott too they got back Wilson Chandler Mike Muscala Landry Shamet first rounder next year twenty twenty uh, first round pick in twenty twenty one which was Miami's first round pick uh, that they got in the trade and then second rounders and. 21 and 23 so yep that's what uh what the deal is and a lot of people broke that down to kind of taking a step back and they traded their uh leading score and tobias had been there a few years boban was a fan favorite uh big presence and yeah mike scott's just a streaky shooter i would say what the hell is his name? He had a funny ass nickname. What the hell is it? Let's see. Mike Scott. Nickname. Oh, the regional manager. <laughs> That's amazing. The regional manager. That's a great nickname. But yeah, anyway, he. And that uh, two teammates went over to Philly. So Philly's starting lineup right now is Embiid, Tobias, um, Butler, Simmons, and Redick. And that's pretty nasty, man. That is pretty nasty. And then they're in contention to pick up some uh, veteran buyout dudes, just like they did last year when they got Ilyasova and they got um, Marco Bellinelli. He's got that Roman t- guy tattoo, and he's also got some uh, boxing gloves. I think I finally figured it out. There was a pair of boxing gloves um, hanging from his shoulder. And, yeah, so they they can pick up some of those dudes, similar dudes again, I think, this year. I mean, Wilson was a solid wing. He's been a solid rotation wing his whole career. Muscala is just a streaky shooter as a big man. And Shamet was a shooter who's coming to his own as a guard. So, uh, But it, they really did it for those picks, man. This, uh, this Clipper team was kind of foreseeing the future. So if things shape up uh, in the favor of Sacramento, Clippers might be on their way to losing a few more games. Then maybe they were projected to before the trade. So that happened. 
I think they also made another trade to a smaller one. Uh, let me go through the whole list too, because there's some there's some other big ones that kind of happen. Uh, I mean, the biggest guy that didn't move, I'll talk about it right now. Anthony Davis. Holy shit, was that a shit show? So last week, Clutch, he's a Clutch Sport client. This is LeBron's agency. And basically, uh, he they come out and said, no, I don't want to. Uh, I'm not going to resign with New Orleans. And then eventually came out and said, I want to be traded. And so they were fielding offers. It, they announced it about 10 days uh, ago before the trade deadline. So they put the, 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 the ticker on. Um, for certain teams to try to make a deal before the deadline. And basically, Dell Demps and the Pelicans didn't listen to anything because they're going to wait till June 1st after the season ends uh, to make the decision on trading him. They are reasoning that there are certain teams that could offer better packages as they move into the offseason. And uh, do the damn thing. Primarily the Celtics, because they're gonna uh, sell him on uh, Kyrie playing with them and all that. But Kyrie's a free agent too, so there's a lot of balls up in the air, so to speak. So there's a chance that he might want to dip. Also, maybe New York might want to step into it, or maybe another another possible team might want to try to pick him up because he still has one more year on his contract after the season so there's still more to come there with uh, Anthony Davis and I mean this guy is like a franchise altering player if you put him next to a guy who's uh, more of a guy that can set the tempo he's just gonna dominate honestly he dominates the game in so many different facets too he's just he's just a, such a unique style of player that just doesn't come around often at all he's like top five in so many uh so many categories it's, it's crazy it's crazy dude and his stories is also insane caught the ghost spurt still rocking the brow all that stuff man he's uh he's a handful and i really don't want to go to LA because i don't want the Lakers to be more successful than Sacramento. That's the bottom line. Uh, day in and day out. It's like, is my cholesterol okay? Did I brush my teeth? Are the Kings better than the Lakers? Those are the questions I ask myself every day. <laughs> All that shit. So, yeah, man. So, he's staying put and. It was crazy because Dell Dams basically was was negotiating in bad faith with everybody because he was fielding offers and he was, uh, in particular, getting the Lakers to be really eager and put all their uh, young players out on the trade block. And all of them are kind of like shrinking under the pressure now that LeBron's been putting them under. And I feel like he's been looking under the microscope at all of them the whole time while he was injured and then throughout the season especially recently, just came back from injury. That game in Indy was just miserable for them. (laughs) 
and the fans were just giving it to the young dudes. Uh, what were they saying? Like they want to trade you, clap, 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 clap. They want to trade you every time Ingram came up to the free throw line. When JaVale McGee <laughs> went to the free throw line, they went, "You're not good enough." Da 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 da. <laughs> or nobody wants you, or some something like that. It was just, it was hilarious. Oh man, they were just rallying on him. And the funniest thing that happened was this. Uh, the shot of uh, LeBron sitting on the bench when he's got three seats in, next to him because he's at the very end of it. <laughs> and uh, he's just all by his lonesome, man, all by himself. Fucking crazy, man. He's just, like, isolated himself on the team. And now there's there was a couple of days ago there was uh, Michael Beasley getting into it after the game a little bit. Chasen Chandler had some words. Rondo had some words. Uh, maybe they're saying it was might have been constructive. Sometimes it is, but it's under these circumstances, it's not the best. <laughs> it's a bunch of dudes on a bunch uh, one year contracts trying to get theirs a little bit. Um, and that's the kind of the Lakers, uh, the the role that, that they dug themselves after they couldn't pick up anybody big name in the offseason after LeBron came. A lot of people were fine. Uh, LeBron's finding it kind of harder, I think, than he thought terms of being able to get people to come and chill out and hang out and all that shit and play for the Lakers man that's crazy it's crazy to think about crazy to think about let me see here yeah so he's that's been like the big news everyone's been talking about in the NBA for uh, a little bit um yeah Almost two weeks now, week and a half. Pretty much two weeks because he came out a little bit before then. Eventually, a few days ago, he came out the list saying the teams that he would resign with or want to get traded to. He said the Knicks and Milwaukee, they don't have the assets to offer. He also said the Lakers and I can't remember who the fourth team was. There was a four team in there that I can't remember, but uh, he said not Boston, pretty much. And I think Boston's desperate enough to just say, "Screw it, we're gonna take our chance." Just do it OKC style, how they picked up Paul George, and just say, "You know what? We're gonna try for it." That trade, surprisingly, I think worked out for both teams. Although Oladipo just got hurt, he I think he ruptured his Achilles the other day, so speedy recovery. Uh, for him, man, so that's a that's a devastating one to come back from. That's a tough one. That is a not a, a good success rate on other people who've uh, you know come come back from that in a lot of different sports. You know, David Beckham tore his, Kobe tore his. That one saps you a lot. It's tough. But, you know, this trade season really got kicking off on uh, the 31st of January. On uh, the Mavericks made this trade with the Knicks. They got Chris Dapps, Porzingis, Tim, Har- uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burks to the Mavericks. Knicks get DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr., Wesley Matthews. 2021 first-round pick. 2023 first round pick protected top 10 
So, yeah, man, I think uh, a lot of people were really getting on the Knicks for this one, giving up on the young franchise player at the time. But he's got stretch fracture foot problems. I understand that's a t- difficult thing for dudes that big to come back from. He's 7'3". I want to say Embiid had that injury, and he's been one of the few exceptions that's been able to stay healthy so far, knock on wood, because it's only been a few years since that happened. And he was shut down on the season, but, man, if he comes back and is, uh, this dude was putting up about 30 points, 12 rebounds, 15 rebounds at the end of the season last year before he got hurt, and it was kind of ridiculous to watch happen because this dude was so athletic. Getting up and down the court. Crazy. But he's gone now and it's on to Dallas, which is uh, him and Luka Doncic running the pick and roll is going to be ridiculous to guard. So everyone's saying they got their uh, Nash and Nowitzki again. Like a uh, second time. International point guard and big. You know, doing the damn thing. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I think uh, Wesley Matthews is going to get bought out. And they're going to keep DeAndre. Because he's another dude that might have gotten bought out. And just big head case, Dennis Smith Jr. We'll see if he could uh, adjust in a different situation at the Knicks. So a lot of people are basically clearing up a lot of cap space to go after two dudes in the offseason. And that's what this trade accomplishes as well for them. So immediately as that trade happens, the immediate speculation went to Kevin Durant coming to the Knicks. So this is like all fucking domino effects of like a lot of different shit happening. So then when that happens, Kevin Durant doesn't speak to the media at all until yesterday. And he just goes off, goes off on Ethan Strauss, (laughs) Um, who wrote an article about uh, the Warriors. And uh, about his free agency and all that and upcoming, how he's been noncommittal. And just wouldn't talk about it and how that's uh, been affecting the team. And uh, their focus and driving and motivation and all that stuff. And he came out and just saying, like, who the fuck are you and all that shit. And like, man, this dude, Ethan Strauss, come in, look around. And write this crazy article and starts talking about how I'm saying all this shit. Basically, (laughs) he was pissed off and it was kind of crazy. He was whining on on all that stuff. But I mean, some of that is like self-inflicted. Like I understand the pressure and like trying to live up all all that stuff and being in that spotlight. It's like something that nobody can really 100% like get. I I understand that sentiment, but I also don't understand the lack of. um, I think understanding of like his part in the whole s- scenario, because there's, there's a couple of things he could just nip in the bud. I mean, he's already kind of said it. He's just like, I'm not gonna talk about it till the off season. I'm not gonna, I'm not thinking about it. But the, <laughs> yeah, I guess he's he's cracked under pressure. And this is the type of dude that like really cares a lot about the way other people think about him. I think. That's just kind of how he's built and wired. And there's some people who, like, have that a little bit more in the personality than others. But 
I think for the most part of his career, he's been able to keep like just keep doing the work and be low key about it. But he's at the point where he wants his his just due, and the way he's in the decisions that he's gone about, and the way he's gone about like doing it, doing it hasn't always, as we it's well documented, hasn't been the best to get harbor, uh, you know, more fans and whatnot. This decision to go to Golden State, a lot of people felt was gutless, man. It's crazy. It was a basically league-defining move to set set up that damn team for four seasons, two championships already. Was it? Yeah, two of them for him. Crazy, going back to back. So. We'll see what happens, man. We'll see. See if he goes to New York. Well, what happens there? That fool's going off. So the speculation is him and uh, Kyrie might join up and go over to the Knicks. Should be crazy. Pretty damn crazy. Let's see what other ones came up. Yeah, so we're all saying Wade Baldwin and Nick Stauskas. Uh, got traded, I think, three times today. Rodney Hood ended up on the Blazers because that's where they originally came from. Um, let's see. Reggie Bullock goes to the Lakers for Sphia McKillick. Um, or Sphi. Sphi, I think is what they call Sviatoslav. Uh, talk about the Tobias Harris trade. Uh, Tyler Johnson, Wayne Ellington for Ryan Anderson. So he got uh, Sacramento's own Ryan Anderson there. Mostly non-entities. Uh, I like kind of like Tyler Johnson. See, uh, should see Otto Porter Jr. to the Bulls for Jabari Parker, Bobby Portis, and a second-round pick in 2023 to the Wizards. So Jabari Parker onto. What is this? Team number three? Hmm. We'll see what he can do. This game hasn't translated as well as uh, some people might have thought. He's had injuries too. Don't wish anybody bad, so we'll see what happens there. Talk about the three-team swap with the Kings. And Barnes trade Wesley Johnson to the Wizards for Markeith Morris in the 2023 second round. James Ennis to the Rockets or to the Sixers from the Rockets for a second round pick. Nikolai Mirocic, uh, Nikola Mirocic to the Bucks. Pelicans get Stanley Johnson and Jason Smith, multiple second round picks. This is get Thonmaker. This fool was like, uh, came out with the trade demand the same day Anthony Davis did earlier in the day. Uh, he's just like, nobody was talking about it at all. For good reason. Pretty funny. Any hoot. Um, yeah, so he uh, gets dealt, finally, to the Pistons. Not sure what he brings to them. Already got the big guys kind of handled with Drummond and uh, Blake. So, at least at the moment. 
Thought maker, man. That dude had the craziest uh, high school highlights. Thought that dude was going to be the next one. You feel like he's KD and KG in the same body. Didn't quite pan out that way. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Stelskis. Avery Bradley getting traded for... Uh, to the Grizzlies, so another trade the Clippers made. This is the one I was looking for. Jermichael Green and Garrett Temple go to them. Temple can do some stuff. He's a consummate professional playing a sack a couple of years ago. We've been able to see him. can play the one or the two. A little bit physical. He's got an eye jumper. Um, and Jermichael Green, he's a bigger, bigger forward. He's got a little size to him. And uh, he's uh, a dude who tries to score as well. And, yeah, Avery Bradley, he was in the rotation. So we'll see we'll see what the Clips end up doing. Hopefully stop botting him out. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I don't know. No. Shelvin Max of the Hawks, I think the second time. And Tyler Dorsey, the Grizzlies. Let's see. Uh, this is another big one. Marcus Saul going to the Raptors. Raptors trading. Jonas Valanciunas, Delon Wright, and CJ Miles in a 2024 second rounder to the Grizzlies. So Grit and Grind era is no longer. I think it might have been done when Zebo left, but regardless, Gasol is now gone. That means Conley's the only one really there from that core group of guys that they had um they had going for a good stretch so uh shout out to delon Wright though i think homie isaiah has ties to him so i remember seeing his name there a lot because he's uh um is it delon right no he's got a brother who's also in the nba or was in the nba I gotta look it up now. Dillon White. Or Dillon Wright. Let's see here. Dorrell. I knew it was another D name. Dorrell Wright. Yeah, he played for a while. Miami, out of high school. Played for the Warriors, Sixers, Trailblazers. He had a pretty good career. Okay, yeah, he's playing in, uh, I think it's like Germany this season. Still playing his trade. Still a good player, man. Uh, yeah, so his brother got traded. Lakers have pulled off another little trade. Uh, Ivata Zubots, who was a part of the the offer package to the Pelicans and Michael Beasley who was uh, apparently causing those locker room troubles go to the Clippers for Mike Muscala who's uh, a stretch big man likes to shoot from the perimeter oh yeah Kings let go of Scala Bissier for Caleb Swingman Swanigan talked about that oh here's another big one Markel Fultz going to the Magic for Jonathan Simmons a first rounder and a second rounder Boy, what a crazy ending to the Sixers uh, tragedy that was Markel Fultz, man. I feel so bad for him. 
But goddamn, it's got to be the uh, number one bust. Not even getting on the court, man. I mean, he's up there with what? Greg Oden, Michael Wakandi. Um, oh, what's his name? Anthony Bennett. That was a bad one. Yeah, I think Bennett at all those is probably the worst. These old candy gave you some size and something. And Odin actually put up some numbers when he had a, a, a little bit of health on his side. But he's just... Portland did not have the medical science behind them back in that to, to keep him going, man. Just couldn't keep him going. And maybe he was just doomed regardless, so... Who really knows? But man, this dude Fultz is... It's just got so much baggage now. History of all that shit going down. It's kind of crazy. Mm. Unprecedented, really. Sad. And then uh, to wrap it up, man, Greg Monroe in a second rounder to the Nets from the to the from the Raptors. Nagus, some cold stole uh, cash. Cold hard cash. That's what it is. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> this was, I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say. Um, any root. That shit was going down. But we'll go over to the pitch, man. Talk a little foodie. Got to say, first off, R.I.P. Emiliano Sala. This is, if you're not, uh, have heard about this tragic story that's been going on. Basically, this player was sold in the transfer window that happened recently in in January. He went from Nantes in France over to Cardiff City in Wales. And he went to Wales, signed the contract, came back to to France to say bye to his uh, teammates, gather his belongings, you know, do the usual thing. Took he had chartered himself a personal flight in a small heli- uh, small uh, plane to go back up to Cardiff. It wasn't through any of the, the, the teams. And then eventually tragedy struck when the plane went missing under bad weather conditions uh, a few weeks back. So then he, uh, yeah. He was missing. They sent the search party. Couldn't find the wreckage or anyone. And then uh, when he was declared uh, deceased. They did just find the plane two days ago, three days ago. He was just found. Or they found a body. I don't know if it was him or the pilot. There was two only two people on the plane. So, yeah, man, that was pretty sad. And I also saw that... Uh, Nance is still asking for his transfer fee and all that now. And Cardiff said they would agree to it, but they want the investigation to be completed. And now they're in a squabble apparently about that. So that's just another unfortunate thing in the whole uh, scenario. That just tells you life is precious, man. and You never know what's going to happen. I feel like that happens a bit. In Europe, those small planes. Here in America, we don't fly in a lot of those as, as much. There still is travel, smaller airports. But 
not super often, I would say. I don't know. Maybe it's not my experience, but it's... Yeah, another tragedy. Another tragedy. Here's another thing I need to do some more research in to, uh, to make a transition. But yeah, Mo Salah, he was apparently a victim of some uh, prejudice and some abuse, some Islamophobic uh, uh, sentiments. And I, I think I heard the, the clip, but I couldn't understand it because of the accent, because it was from, from fans from West, West Ham. And I couldn't understand it because I didn't get the the derogatory term. So I got to look this up and see what's up. Mo Salah. Uh, let's see. Let me just uh, shoot his name here. life bands uh, what the hell is it Let's see here. Mm, what did he say? Let me let me let me search this. Mosala abuse explained. What did he call? What did he get called? That's what I want to know. And this is not riveting fucking podcast, but I don't give a shit because you're not probably listening to it anyway. Who the fuck gets through here? Uh, Let's see. Mm. Let's see. I want to go to the non-official site. Wikipedia. Uh... What the hell? Alright, fuck it. I'm gonna go to Reddit. That's usually a place where I can find shit. Come on, Reddit. Come on, Reddit. Sorry, reading on some other shit. I need to learn about Mohammed Salah. Let's see. Uh, okay. Mm. 
to Mosala. We're going to just go to our soccer. And we'll go here. Second year, Salah. Here we go, 933. Let's listen to it. So the people can hear it. I want to hear it. Fuck the... Y'all, y'all don't need to hear it. I just want to hear it. What do you say? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, he says fucking Muslim cunt. That's what he said. <laughs> Someone's like, I was just about to ask for a goblin the English translation. Thanks. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh Jesus Ridiculous Hmm Shit. This is horrible fucking commentary. Anywho, this is another sad example of some racial and ethnic uh, religious abuse on people uh, in European soccer matches. Because that shit be real as fuck. Um, in case you did not know, that's, uh, that's definitely a problem. It needs to be addressed and talked about. So, yeah, that's... Uh, I'll uh, say on that uh, on that front. As we move on to some uh, different news here, we got some uh, Champions League matchups coming up. So we'll. Uh, you know, it's just that easy. Follow a Muslim cunt. I didn't even. I thought it was some fucking. Uh, let's see. I thought that was some like actual. Different racial epithet I didn't fucking know about. Mm. Crazy. Let's see. All right. Yeah. We on the first leg of the knockout stages. We next uh, Tuesday is when they start off. And we got some uh, some dandy matchups, man. I'm really digging this. This season. We got some good ones, folks. Yes, uh, Rebob. Kicking things off, Roma and Porto next Tuesday. Man U and PSG also play at the same time. 
Next day, Tottenham Hotspurs playing Borussia Dortmund. Ajax and Real Madrid. Just came off El Clásico. They got a draw one uh, piece uh, against Barcelona, who coincidentally the next week, following Tuesday, are playing Lyon. And Liverpool is playing Bayern München. So that'll be a tough matchup for both squads. I think that's uh, some heavyweights really stepping into the forefront. And uh, Atletico Madrid, who are playing really well this season, matched up against Juve, who've uh, had their ups and downs uh, in uh, Serie A a bit more than they expected. And Ronaldo has, uh, has had some adjustment periods playing with some new teammates. He's had to learn to fit in with them. They have learned to fit in with him. So it's... Uh, they're still a force to be reckoned with. And then finally, Schalke and Man City. And those last two games are on uh, the 20th. So the next two weeks, the middle of the week, y'all got some entertainment in the middle of the day. I'm going to have to take some lunch breaks to go watch that. That would be dope. That would be a good thing to put on. So yeah, knockout round. This is when shit gets real, son. Last year was crazy. Or we have PSG in Barcelona. I mean, Liverpool made it all the way. Real Madrid ended up winning it, though. And, uh, oof. How about uh, that Juve-Real matchup? Oh, my God. In uh, in Italy. In, uh, oof. That was crazy. That uh, bicycle kick that freaking Ronaldo pulled off, I think, convinced him that we need to get this fucking guy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, like, in our way. Can't win uh, against them. Anyway, yeah, last weekend there were some Bellator fights that were pretty interesting. There was uh, Aaron Pico going down, got knocked out. I'm going to give a shout-out to his opponent. Let's see, Pico versus Henry Corrales. Henry caught him. Both dudes were just throwing absolutely haymakers at each other. I think it fight ended under uh, um, 30 seconds or something like that. Under a minute. It was short order. Short order. Brutal knockout, though. But, uh, Corrales was down first, actually. Pico rushed him and then got caught, pretty much. Just got caught. Happens, man. Freaking happens. Another big thing that happened. Uh, Ryan Bader is uh, now the double champ, the light heavyweight and the heavyweight champ in Bellator MMA. So that's uh, another noteworthy event. Uh, result, I should say. He got the win against uh, Fedor Milinenko. He knocked him out. And that was... Uh, Kind of impressive seeing him show off that power. Didn't have to cut any weight. I think he stepped in around 230. Um, yeah, light heavyweights at 205, so didn't need to cut at all. But, uh, yeah, belts were putting on some good product, some good shows. It's, uh, it's what you'd like to see from an organization like that. Maybe not necessarily the number one guys because UFC, that's where they hold it down. 
but um yeah they they gotta you gotta come correct in some some regard some fashion I think they've been doing that you know it's been a lot uh, a lot more competitive since Scott Coker's taking over the reins and yeah they they're they've been growing that brand so they're doing their thing Anyway, we want to go towards uh, some, uh, some UFC fights that are coming up this Saturday. It should be very entertaining. A couple uh, very interesting fights at the end of the card. We'll get into the first one. It's the stylebender, Israel Adesanya. This dude is uh, very electric in MMA. 15-0. He's a prolific kickboxer. Born in Africa, raised in New Zealand, Auckland. Or trained there. I don't. I'm not sure how young he was when he when he when he went over against uh, Anderson Spider Silva. Spider Man. This dude is crazy. Silva is 34 and eight. And this dude is a legend. A lot of people are considering this a passing of the torch type of fight. And we'll see what Silva can do, man. Because the stop bender, he reminds a lot of people of uh, Anderson when he was young. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, striking's electric, he plays a lot of dummy feints and stuff like that, can be defensive at times, and he just catches you, but I think Israel has a little bit more want to go and strike with you, he's more apt to, like, wanting to come a little bit forward, at least from what I've seen, and I've only seen highlights, so, yeah, because Anderson, man, he would just duck you and play games if he felt like that was a path to victory. You know, he wasn't going to put himself out there. He's a counterpuncher through and through. He's not going to throw until you throw, like, 100% of the time. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy that he had that good of a career. And he busted his leg open on Chris Weiser than Shannon, and I don't think ever was really the same. Usada came in and got busted a couple times, and it is what it is. It is what it is, guys. Uh, have their day. But, yeah, I was watching some of the thing on UFC. I wasn't really embedded, but it was one of those, like, preview videos of the fights. And um, I didn't know that, uh, one, his son is also getting into MMA, and, two, that he has a training facility in Torrance over here, man. That's pretty cool. So I'm practicing jiu-jitsu and hitting the, the mitts and all that, getting ready. So we'll see how that goes. But the main event, man, this is going to be a, a dynamite performance because this is in uh, uh, Rod Laver Arena down in uh, Sydney, I believe. Oh, Melbourne. Melbourne. That's where it is. But uh, we got the champ, Robert Whitaker, champ at one eighty. What is it, one eighty? Mm, against Kelvin Gastelum. Whitaker twenty and four, Gastelum fifteen and three with one no contest. Gastelum's a big boy; he can come and get you, man. Take you out of the fight, and he's uh, he's exciting. He's one of the better Chicanos out there, uh, putting it down. And. Yeah, man, Gaslam is a beast. This will be—he's like a—he's like a tank of a, of a body type of a person. 
<sighs> Where the hell is this boy, man? Let me see. Uh, is this from Arizona? No, San Jose. Even better. Hell yeah. Dude's a badass. Yeah, he was, he was in Yuma. Oh, he lives in San He must live in San Jose now. Oh, no, born in San Jose, but grew up in Yuma. Okay. He went to North Idaho College. He's a bail bondsman. Okay. It's like my uncles back in the day. Damn, he won in Mexico. <laughs> in Arizona. Yeah, man. All right. Castellum's dope. I've watched him fight a, a few times, man. He's one of the, the hardest Chicanos out there doing it, bro. So I got to root for him, even though fucking Whitaker is a goddamn monster. Dude is so scary. Um, he beat Yoel Romero, who's another scary motherfucker, two times in a row for the belt. That was impressive as hell. So we'll see how he does, man, because it felt like those two fights might have taken some out of him. At least that's what I would assume. Crazy, man. Crazy. So that's the fight game. We're going to keep it moving, man. Um, yeah, off the top, had to give 21 Savage that shout out because this motherfucker got caught up by ice because allegedly it came out that he was uh, actually born in the UK and moved to uh, Atlanta when he was like 12 years old, so real young. And, uh, yeah, man, Ice apparently caught him up, uh, and he was, uh, somebody who's traveled in and out of the country before recently as, like, a as an uh, artist for the last few years, so, I mean, I don't, I don't quite get it, this is also a dude who fucking beat a murder charge, too, like, we, people gotta fucking understand that, feds had charges against him, and he, and he won because he, to prove that he killed him in self-defense because the dude came up in his crib tried to jack his shit or something if I remember correctly um, y'all should just go look at that up because that was pretty insane story that shit was crazy 21 21 is uh, um, is that dude man it's freaking crazy his album had just came out too and it seemed like it was a like kind of a planned ice raid that they were gonna do during the Super Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday. There was a lot of people talking about a lot of sh shady shit that some of the uh, people in charge of Atlanta were doing during the Super Bowl to get certain kind of people out of there, out of the picture, and all that. Mm, how the hell did the fucking Lakers win that game? Mm. So disappointing. But yeah, man, I think that's fucked up, man. Especially because, like, ICE has just been filling themselves with Trump in an office. And they just been rounding people up who aren't, uh, I would say, prime candidates for deportation. People who are non-violent, non-whatchamacallit. Uh, um, just... Uh, not hurtful, unhurtful offenders of minor crimes. A lot of times, people getting caught up on traffic shit and getting taken back to wherever, even if it was not their choice or decision to come to said country at any point. So it's kind of crazy. 
kind of freaking crazy and uh yeah man it's also it was crazy for a second that he got was found out that he was from the uk but but when they found out the details that it was ice everyone should kind of stop fucking making jokes about it like and demi lovato got flamed up on twitter because she was reading the tweets and uh the memes and just, i guess that was all she was seeing but holy fuck <laughs> heard somebody who was from uh Zone Sussex instead of Zone Six. <laughs> just, just, I just thought it was the best for him. I just saw today that Jay Z was gonna give him uh, is helping out with his lawyer fees and all that. And uh, oh my god, how? So yeah, hopefully that that'll help because Brand um, uh, Meek Mill. Also got help from Jay Z, if I'm not mistaken. Got help from a lot of different people with the, his crazy case that that went down. But yeah, man. He didn't even get up uh, caught like doing anything either, too. They just kind of like raided him, I guess. Damn, get that ball, Al Horford. God damn it, freaking Rondo hit the shot. Anywho. Um, oh yeah, we had a government shutdown that ended. This was the longest damn shutdown ever in uh, U.S. history, and uh, it was disappointing because a lot of people fucking missed their mortgage payments and a lot of other stuff similar. Couldn't pay the bills on time, and they're getting they got furloughed, and now they're getting their back pay taken care of, and all of the above. But it was uh, not a fucking good look. This fool throwing a pity pad, uh, you know. Not pity pat. What the hell am I talking about? Jesus. Jesus, Mario. It's fucking late. Can't figure out his goddamn metaphors. Oh, that's pitiful, man. Pitiful. He's throwing a temper tantrum. Trying to get that goddamn uh, wall money. And they were like, nah. We're not playing a game. And it was just like, fine. Y'all ain't getting paid. Which led to some some really fucking ridiculous shit. Including Clemson players not getting full meals or nutritious meals, I'd say. Um, freaking cold ass McDonald's. Crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah, so one of the things that uh, Nancy Pelosi said is that uh, with the, sh- the government shut down, there's not going to be no. Uh, um, State of the Union address, so that finally got up and running because uh, that happened like two days ago. Pretty fucking crazy. Uh, it was funny seeing Nancy Pelosi give like the, um, <laughs> the freaking, uh, <laughs> um, sarcastic ass clap like, mm-hmm, okay, yep, all right, mm-hmm, yep, mm, okay, good job, mm, oh yeah, <laughs> it's just like one of those like, oh shit, it's throwing super shade on on uh, on the president. That shit was funny. Um, but yeah, the uh, Democrat, the female Democratic uh, members of uh, Congress were all white in honor of the women's suffrage movement and the. Uh, GOP members were just all white themselves. <laughs> so that was the joke that was been going around. Um, and yeah. So that happened. Trump was just 
kind of bitching about a lot of shit and wasn't really presenting a lot of like you know suggestions as to like the problems he was just pointing it out and all that and just saying we can fix it and all this stuff but it's like a rally speech felt like this dude doesn't know how to talk any different man it's pretty crazy all he just goes up there is doing this campaigning 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 and uh shit talking his opponents what did he say he said something about uh can't have war and investigation he says or we say we want peace and legislation can't have war and investigation and everyone he was like one of those moments where you like leave a pause so you can uh like uh get an applause break and nobody was clapping <laughs> he was just like on his face i was like what are you serious bro i don't think that's how it works dog <laughs> so that was that was funny that was funny alexandria ocasio Cortez was was sitting there stone faced as hell, and people were giving a shit. People have been giving a shit, man. It's just it's annoying to see, man. She's just like constantly every day, just getting it thrown her way, and because uh, just like people with other crazy views that aren't getting just flamed, and I guess maybe she she replies into she you know because she's active on the social, so she feeds into some of it. To getting people to like wanting to challenge her all the time so yeah i get that part of it but it still isn't no excuse for the individuals to just go out there and it's like you're not gonna people i don't know people are just stupid people just say things to say things a lot of times and uh yeah doggy let's see what else uh, oh yeah, Trump Jr. couldn't spell Saturday Night Live. Put S and L like the ampersand sign <laughs> instead of S and L. Saturday and Live. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty dumb. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Roger Stone got indicted. So this freaking huckster who's uh, helped Trump get elected and into office. Dude was taking a shit ton of interviews and I think was a li- liaison between the the WikiLeaks guy and uh, the Trump campaign, Julian Assange. And I think that's how they got information on Hillary. Um, so, yeah, everyone was in cahoots. So crazy. So he he got indicted. I think he's uh, going to try to get him to flip and uh, get the big guy going. And uh, Mueller's keep applying pressure on the slow, slow drip, drip, drip. Of his investigations. Um, what else? What else? We got the early presidential nominees. Freaking Howard Schultz, ex-CEO of Starbucks, is throwing his name to the ring. And he's uh, declaring to be an independent. Just so he doesn't have to fucking answer to some of his business practices and whatnot. In a debate form. Um, amongst the Democrats, we got Kamala Harris, got Cory Booker, um, Joaquin Castro, uh, former member of Obama's administration and mayor of San Antonio currently. 
Uh, what else? Who else? Uh, Christine Gillibrand. Gillibrand. We've got um, uh, what's her name? Um, Jesus, why the hell am I blanking on these people? Uh, let's see, twenty twenty Democratic presidential. Let's see. Let's see. Why am I reading the hearts live? What the fuck? Cory Booker, Kristen Gillibrand, Kamala Harris. Uh, let's see. They're waiting for Bit Beto O'Rourke to make a decision, and for Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders possibly. They haven't made a decision yet. Let's see. Let's see. Who else is? Tulsi Gabbard. That's the other, other person. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, da, 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 da. yeah. Tulsi's not gonna get that nom. She's got a checkered past. She's uh, real close with the Assad regime, and uh, yeah, she's a more conservative background, which is no, she's not Democrat, which it's kind of hypocritical because it's it's like you gotta be on our side forever, or you're never gonna be. A leader for us. She's kind of crazy. And I agree. She's like renounced a lot of her views and stuff. She had. She was like a part of, and uh, at church I believed in uh, conversion therapy for like a homosexual community. And they can like pray the gateway and all that stuff, which is like not like factual and like shit don't work like that, you know. Mm. You know you got that one long hair where your mustache nigga gets in your lip and you just wanna rip it out. Well um, that's where I'm at right now, fool. Ah, got it. Sorry about that. Uh yeah, man, so that's what we're looking at. Facing off against Trump. Mm. I wonder if this is going to get crazy and people are just going to take the attention away from each other because there's, there's some some uh, solid candidates and some that are like, mm, all right. Kamala Harris, though, she's been getting a lot of flack. She's got a... Uh, well, I mean, she's been getting actually some flack and some 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 bump, too, because, I mean, she's a, she's a black woman, so that's a, a good uh, 
start for certain people to identify with certain things um, in terms of uh, who they would like to see represented in a certain role. People want to call it identity politics or whatnot or what have you. But a lot of people just feel a certain way about um, people of certain um, particular characteristics, I would say. It is what it is. Uh, she's more of a corporate Democrat. She's more of like a center left than some of the other candidates. Even, I would say, someone more than like Booker and some others. Because uh, she was like a former attorney general, so that's like the lead prosecutor in the whole state. And she was, she came down uh, hard on some people, especially like sent long sentencing, um, which I think she, in the future, will have to answer for, especially in, uh, amongst uh, the black community and stuff like that too. Because there's times where she, you know, helped throw the book at people. So, you know. It is what it is, and especially a lot of stuff with like the uh, war on drugs and the crazy uh, mandatory minimum sentencings and all that stuff in the past. So a lot of that will be coming out, and has been. And so, um, yeah, I kind of understand where she comes from a bit. I got a chance to actually see her uh, speak when I was at college at LMU for like one of my classes, my political classes, and it was interesting to say the least. Um, I don't know, I just kind of got the feeling from her that uh, she had a kind of that similar corporate democratic vibe about her. And, uh, yeah, because she was a little bit more reserved in what she was saying or uh, compared to some of her counterparts, I guess, on the panel. I can't remember exactly the format of how it was. I think it was like her and maybe two other people on stage. Um, so, yeah. That was a while ago. I think that was while she was attorney general. So it was interesting. But yeah, she's got a history though that came out because she used to date Willie Brown back when Willie technically was still married but was estranged with his wife in the 90s. And uh, he was able to get her one position or two positions within a couple government uh, roles. But eventually she kind of, you know, branched out and did her own thing. Um... And yeah, man. But yeah, so um, yeah, they got. I guess it took a little break. Sorry, um, a little razzle here. But uh, yeah, she she got that kind of that history though, and a lot of people are gonna bring that up if uh, she keeps uh, her nomination in and keeps progressing as uh, we move on forward. They're gonna start talking about ethics and all that stuff, which is. Which is fair, but it's also like, look who's fucking in there right now. And look who's we've had in the past. So we haven't had choir boys per se. And yeah, this politics shit's a slippery ass fucking uh, uh, thing to kind of dive into. So yeah, that's kind of how things are shaping up at the moment. What else we got? Yeah, I guess one more thing we finish off here. And things that make you go, hmm. We had the CFO of Huawei, who was in uh, Canadian prison a few weeks back. Let's see if this is a... Uh, it's a cell phone technology company from uh, China that uh, was accused of spying or putting technology to allow to spy on uh, people in the U.S. 
by the U.S. government. And uh, there's talk that they might uh, be banning them from 5G. And a lot of different things here. Let's check out the news. What's up? Uh, let's see. Hmm, U.S. is warning people not to do business with them. Let's see. There. Accused of espionage situations. What's up with the C CFO? Hmm. Let's see. Hmm. Mm 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 mm. Yeah, people are skeptical of them. All right, let's see this. Four days ago. Let's see here. February seventh. Oh. Uh, let's see, 23 counts, uh, U.S. Justice Department had unsealed an indictments, 23 counts pertaining to the theft of intellectual property, instruction of justice, and fraud rela related to its alleged evasion of U.S. sanctions against Iran. Oh, yeah, so this is what they did. It's like the sanctions against Iran, Iran so that uh, um, people who are countries who are in agreement, they cannot uh, sell any technology to them. And uh, Huawei was doing this via uh, like um, shell companies that were buying the technology and then passing it along and selling it over to Iran. So that's uh, obviously a big no-no. Um, yeah, they're really close to the Chinese government. Fears that they could spy on other countries and companies. Mm, so... U.S. banned companies from using their networking equipment in 2012. Uh, let's see. A bunch of other bannies are, uh, countries are banning it. Um, yeah. So you can never get their smartphones here in the U.S. or hardly ever. Because of that, uh, a lot of this stuff that's going on. Uh, let's see. Yeah, they've had a lot of stuff going on with them. Uh, let's see. Reports that FBI raided Huawei Lab and set up the SCE site. Also, two of the company staff were expelled from Denmark after work permit inspections. House February 4th. Um, yeah, January 23rd. Here's the, um, the, the news that I want. Their CFO may face formal extradition to the U.S. because of uh, her involvement in all this. So right now she's in Canadian prison. But the thought was that she was taken into prison as a leveraging tool by the U.S. government in trade talks that are currently ongoing with China as both countries have currently put trade tariffs on each other. Now... To be quite honest with you, if you really get into the nitty-gritty of this, this is actually some of the stuff that, if you talk to me about wholeheartedly removing the people who are involved with this administration, I would say, okay, I might actually be up for some of this uh, possible discussion. You know, you can convince me. You could talk about this, um, and this would be something that, uh, you know, would be, you know, well worth diving into and exploring. 
Because a lot of people have said they want to be tough on China, but they they really aren't because they hold a lot of our debt and we're indebted to them that way. But, uh, you know, they've been our partners for a long time and we've been uh, we've capitalized on their relationship for a while. And now is the kind of time where they're kind of been stepping up and moving up along the rungs of the the ladders uh, amongst the world powers. And now is kind of the time where we're like, oh, shit, you know, do we tell them what's up or do we let them get a get away with a couple of things that they've been doing before? So the only way that people are allowed to like do business with them in their country is for them to also basically give them information as to how they do what they do. Intellectual property, per se. So, uh, yeah, a lot of technology and stuff like that just is uh, these Chinese brands and companies use is just straight up like ripoffs from a lot of these other American or European or South Korean companies. So it's crazy. It's kind of crazy world we live in. Where, um, yeah, man, that's our reality. So this is getting crazy. This is like geopolitical, economic um, ramifications there. Uh, for that trade talks, man. So that's just kind of kind of ridiculous. But uh, anywho, that's kind of the end of the topics that I got to talk about today. Um, what else been going on? Oh yeah, I picked up another day job, which is kind of nice. So that's been starting up uh, recently, been ongoing, and so far so good. So we'll uh, get the fingers crossed there. Also, departing my apartment and moving back in with the homies over in Vernon. All on the app, so that's what it is. And, uh, yeah. So I'll be, I'll still be working kind of in the South Bay area. Shit. I think I'm in Manhattan, and then we're going to be moving to El Segundo in a few weeks. And what have you. We're also going to, um, what am I saying? Yeah, so moving out of San Pedro after next week, which is going to be kind of crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Gotta go through all my shit this week. And tomorrow. I also gotta put in more time on the, behind the mic. Go to more sets. So after I move, I'll be able to do that a little bit better. Really get settled in over the week. And then uh, figure out what the hell I'm gonna do with a lot of this stuff that I have. Because... Mm. Uh, yeah, there's some uh some options for me. There's some uh I got some furniture that I might need to sell. I gotta move these damn couches. I gotta figure out what fits in the apartment and what's worth keeping also. And it's time to donate a bunch of bunch of crap. Bunch of fucking crap. Get rid of a lot of junk. I might have to shampoo this carpet too, which is getting pretty annoying, but yeah. Hmm. Anyway, a lot of stuff going on in the personal life. Um, my little brother's gonna be graduating high school this year too, so uh, got to take it plane flight to go back then to go see him do that, and then I might go with my family on Easter's as well. So that may or may not happen. We'll see. See if I can get time off. And we'll see what's up with this this uh this role. Gotta keep doing better. 
get, getting better at learning, doing the damn thing. Smart room. So yeah, that's just uh, it's pretty much the show, man. It's uh, as I mentioned before, it's Thursday, February seventh. This has been episode forty-six of the Puro Caballero Show. The scores are forever, man. The scores are forever. Thank you, Iman. Thank you, Justin Jackson. Thank you, Zebo. You gotta bully the bullies sometimes. But the scores are forever, man. Keep it going, Sack. Make that push, baby. Got to make that push, man. So, uh, that's it and that's all. Signing off. Till next time. We'll leave you with a little bit more taste of 21 Savage. This is A-N-T. I'll let y'all figure out what that stands for. Signing off. Yeet.